Good morning. That's exactly 7.33 after nearly five decades of restriction and social stigma. Medical marijuana has become legal from this month, promising to benefit patients suffering chronic pain, cancer, epilepsy, depression and more. Critics are still questioning whether it should be treated as more of a menace than medicine. Let's hear about Australia's experience with medical cannabis legalization since November 2016. Professor Nicholas Lanceris, addiction medicine specialist out of the University of Sydney School of Medicine, joins us on the line. Good morning and thank you. Good morning. Can I just clarify, first of all, um, what your view is of distinguishing between um, the use of of marijuana in its uh, natural form for for medical purposes versus this other form of marijuana, which uh, or, or cannabis oil, for example, that I see on sale in other countries, including the UK, where you can literally go into a, a store, you can buy the stuff, but it has no psychoactive component. Yeah. So. Uh, in order to understand that, we need to understand, I guess, the cannabis plant and also what we understand to be the key active ingredients in medical cannabis. So the cannabis plant um, has been around for few, several thousand years and it has been used in various ways in, in traditional medicine uh, over that period of time. Um, now, the interest in medical cannabis over the last 30, 40 years uh, initially started with the use of just uh, cannabis plant matter to um, treat a range of conditions, often in palliative care settings, um, HIV, AIDS, and this started the, the modern trend started in the US. We've now under, we now understand that there are two main active chemicals in the cannabis plant that are responsible for probably the majority of any therapeutic effects. One is THC, and THC is psychoactive, that is, that's the part of the cannabis plant that actually will get you intoxicated and is associated with many of the, the so-called high associated with uh, um, cannabis use. The other active component is, an, is a chemical called CBD or cannabidiol. Now cannabidiol, unlike THC, is not psychoactive, so it won't get you intoxicated no matter how much you take. And CBD is being identified as one of the really promising um, chemicals that's associated with many of the therapeutic benefits of cannabis. So when they're thinking about um, helping in some forms of pain, in epilepsy, in post-traumatic stress disorder, those kinds of conditions, then it's the CBD that we're more interested in than the THC. So now, you can get CBD uh, also from hemp crops. So hemp is just cannabis with the THC bred out of it. So what we've seen in the US and in Europe is a proliferation of CBD-based products, oils, capsules, tablets, uh, even topical creams that you can rub on. Um, And that CBD will not get anyone intoxicated. So that's that's the type of medical cannabis which has been uh, which is available over the counter in some parts of the world. The THC component of medical cannabis um, is particularly useful for some kinds of medical conditions, such as multiple sclerosis, most forms of chronic pain respond to THC, um, 
And but but that becomes much more highly regulated because of the psychoactive or intoxication effects of THC. So what we've got is a plant with two active ingredients. One is uh, won't get you intoxicated and it's got certain therapeutic benefits. The other chemical will get you intoxicated and has different therapeutic benefits. So what we're seeing around the world now is different ways of regulating medical cannabis um, that allows for either THC or CBD to become available to patients. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about just the CBD, and based on what you were just saying, is there any reason that why that shouldn't just be available as widely as hemp seeds, for example, which you can already buy here in Korea in supermarkets widely? That's the big debate that's going on around the world at the moment, the extent to which we need to regulate CBD. Now, CBD is also a really interesting um, chemical. It does certain things at low doses, so at low doses, it appears to sort of have some mild anxiolytic anxiety kind of effects. It reduces anxiety. Um, so, and people sort of describe a, a general wellness associated with it. At much higher doses, we, if we want to treat things such as epilepsy, we end up having to use really high doses. And once we start using those really high doses, it can actually have some impact upon things like the way your liver works, or, uh, interactions with other medications that people are taking. So it's not unusual that what we see that when any chemical has the potential for some of those kinds of effects, then that's where the, where the drug tends to get regulated um, so that you know people aren't um, taking really massive doses and having unintended consequences. So that's the debate that's going on, whether or not we should regulate all CBD so that it's available as prescription only, whether or not we should say, no, let it, let it become available to uh, over-the-counter uh, or in you know, health food stores, camp products, as you say, or whether or not we need to look at a two-tier system, one where it's available over-the-counter at low dose, but if you want to use the high doses required for some kind of uh, medical problems, that that may need to be more regulated and available from, um, from uh, uh, a doctor. To get the kinds of doses you need for therapy, you know, for, to treat things like epilepsy, it, it really becomes, the doses end up being massive um, in terms of what can be extracted through conventional natural products like hemp. Usually you're looking at very... Uh, sophisticated pharmaceutical preparations in order to get the, the kinds of massive doses that we're talking about. Well, thank you very much, Professor Linsaris. It's, it's really um, helpful to get you clarifying all of that for us. Good to have you on the line. Thank you, and good luck with it. <laughs> thank you. I, I, some of the reporting on this going back years is just remarkable. I mean, For example, late last year, South Korea saying it would arrest citizens who even smoked marijuana Abroad, that gives us, I think, a, a sense of just how strict it is, regardless of what happens even within these borders. Um, also, though, this month, uh, the Korea Times reported that there's been a surge in cannabis product smuggling here in South Korea, particularly after California and Canada legalized the use of recreational marijuana. Uh, so Incheon Main Customs recorded 60 cases of marijuana smuggling and confiscated 7.8 kilograms of those products in 2017. That soared by 303%. 
so let's move on to Yunha, Executive Director for the Korea Medical Cannabis Organization. Good morning to you. Hi. Good morning. We, we've got this strange situation where there's a lot of stigma here, but obviously a lot of underground use as well, based on the figures I've just, just read out. Um, and there is community support for medical cannabis in the sense that it could provide relief to people in chronic pain. How did you and your organization become such firm advocates of medical cannabis use? Um, there was an issue that epilepsy patient's mother ordered CBD oil from America and the police police arrest the mother as a drug smuggler. Um, the mother try, just tried to treat her son's epilepsy. Um, our organization is a civil group of patients. Most of the members are patients who are suffering from pain that can be treated with medical cannabis, such as epilepsy, Alzheimer, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, Parkinson, cancer, and so on. Uh, if we know better about cannabis, we can use it as a medicine because it is not dangerous as and harmful, harmful like we know. Mm-hmm. Again, let me ask our listeners, do you feel that stigma still? Is there this strong anti-cannabis feeling around you? Pound a sharp 1013 for 51 per message. But do you feel, uh, Mr. Ha, that the majority of people still don't have a clear understanding of what medical cannabis is? They, they may get confused. Even the police officers, when they hear about CBD, they wouldn't necessarily distinguish with THC, as we were discussing in our previous guest conversation. Um, yes, uh, people in Korea do not have a clear understanding of medical cannabis. I think it is because the social stigma has already settled strongly so that people just perceive as a dangerous drug that they need to stay away from it. Um, marijuana or hemp plant is known botanically in the family Cannabisia and in the genus Cannabis. However, in Korea, there is no regulation that separates those two words. What are the common? I just wanted to ask you what what some of the common questions are that you get regarding the use of medical cannabis. Um, We just get uh, questions like, um, does it really work? Or like, we we just get a lot of different questions. So, um, yeah. But do you sense, based on the requests or the inquiries that you've been receiving, do you sense that we have a big industry here? Is there a lot of demand potentially in, in Korea for medical cannabis? Um, yes, we have a big potential industry of medical cannabis in Korea. Uh, for example, from March 12th, the medical, cannab- medical use of cannabis become legal, but there are lots of problems. The medicines for epilepsy cost about 1650000 which is very expensive. Also, the government only allows patients to pick up from Orphan Drug Center, which is located in Seoul. So patients who live far away from Seoul are hard to get the medicine. At last, the Orphan Drug Center still do not have any stock ready in the orf- ready in the Orphan Drug Center. Um, so we are predicting that it, w- it will take more than two months to get the medicines. 
So the mechanisms of supply and demand aren't exactly working in full flow, are they? But I also spoke before about how since we've seen legalization of recreational marijuana, the, the kind of marijuana that people are most worried about here, um, rather than medical cannabis, uh, that, um, that that is coming into the country as well here, despite the tight restrictions. Should we worry about medical marijuana spiraling out of control, that, that it will open up interest in recreational use? Um, medical cannabis is not uh, not drug. Like I have mentioned above, we need to um, categorize hemp and marijuana. Uh, patients like epilepsy just need the CBD um, from hemp, which does not have any psychoactive effect. Currently, everything related cannabis regulation is in charge of Korean FDA drug department. It should be handled as agricultural department or biohealth and welfare department as well. Well, thank you also very much for joining us, Mr. Ha, today. Mm-hmm. Yoon Ha, Executive Director for the Korea Medical Cannabis Organization. I don't know about you, I, I feel pretty convinced that we need to open up much more to CBD oil. The THC discussion maybe can continue to happen. Um, the, the psychoactive component that people are worried about as a gateway drug, but but if CBD doesn't get people high per se, why not regulate it, make it more widely available by prescription at least? You can also get in touch via Twitter at EFM. <coughs> sorry, at EFM this morning. Let me get myself a sip of water. We'll head to the news bite now at seven forty-six with Kim Hae Young.